0: topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu.
1: Welcome to episode 221 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about Jillian Michaels' most recent video, Demonizing Keto, the dark side of keto, if you will, of course debunking it, and then we'll be lightening it up even further and talking a little bit about our 2020 reflections and 2021 goals or New Year's resolutions.
2: Yes, we had a lot of fun with our prior Jillian Michaels debunk video, which was like at least two years
1: ago. Yeah, I I feel like the end of 2018 or really early 2019. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah
2: um we have a link we'll share with you guys for the youtube just for old time's sake it's definitely one of our more popular i think youtube videos
1: yes before our relaunch of the youtube channel in a professional setting so this was you know like film on phone recorded and real quickly put together but it was fun becky and i threw some sass and basically just deconstructed her arguments of why keto is not a good choice so she's back at it again and we're back at it again breaking down all of her garbage air quote science (laughs) and adding some real, you know, scientific data and literature, information on telomeres and oxidative stress, the microbiome, and so much more. So tune in. It's going to be an awesome episode of Why We Still Love Keto. And then we'll be sharing some reflections and resolutions.
2: All right. So before we dive into this episode, let's have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Fond Bone Broth.
1: Yes. So y'all know that we love fond bone broth and I think that Becky kind of lived on it for her first month postpartum or still.
2: (laughs) Still. (laughs) But yeah.
1: (laughs) All of the time because it is like a health elixir in a ball jar. It is fantastic. The flavor profiles that they put together are just next level. It's an artisanal broth, if you will, that is really wellness well-made they have quality sourced ingredients from working with local farmers and using free range chicken they incorporate of course the necks the backs the feet so you get a really uh, gelatinous beautiful broth that has fantastic synergy of ingredients to further the food as medicine that bone broth already provides us so we're getting all of that gut support we're getting all of the connective tissue support we're getting that l-glutamine for mood stability and GABA for anti-anxiety effects but then they're adding things like turmeric and black pepper or beets and serranos or my seasonal favorite theme no palito, which is habanero and cilantro and uh nopales or cactus in there so definitely if you have not tried them go on over and check them out they have been what converts non-bone broth lovers to bone broth like every client of mine <laughs> that has been resistant to bone broth has fallen in love with fond and i know you will too so go on over to fondbonebroth.com slash rd at checkout or use the code rd at checkout and you will save. And also letting them know that you learned about them from the Naturally Nourished podcast.
2: Yes, we used the nopolito on New Year's Day in a Bloody Mary recipe. So yeah. adding a little bit of detox with our retox I guess I think we should
1: link that <laughs> recipe it's yeah. on the blog a bone broth bloody mary and I think it works well also we had that uh I had that I had a whole article actually I did for Mind body green uh two new years no just last new Year's. so the new year's going into 2020 and I did a matcha gin cocktail and uh a fun kombucha cocktail blend I'll, I'll try to link some of those fun I mean we're past new year's eve but whatever always fun to celebrate and get fancy and you know, a way to support your body while indulging.
2: Yes. All right, so let's jump in on this new video. So just to set the stage a little bit, I've watched it like five times now. Um, (laughs) Jillian's new video is called The Dark Side of the Keto Diet. And it's basically Jillian talking to you from her kitchen and... She's really
1: on trend with her torn jeans. Yeah,
2: she is. Her like, muscle tank. Not,
1: is it naughty by nature shirt? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> really hip.
2: <laughs> Very hip. Um, and she basically has like all these books stacked up on her kitchen counter. Credibility. Yeah. And, and is essentially establishing her credibility by being like, so first of all, guys, I don't just like like to pick on the keto diet. Like it's not just like a person that I don't like. I've actually written all these books with a whole bunch of different people and I go to, you know, the experts in the field to write my books, blah, blah, blah. Not really very impressive to start off with.
1: Right. I I can't think of the way that she says, she doesn't say physiologist. She says something really interesting. Endocrinologist, oncologist, and then she said something about like anti-aging and metabolic specialists, registered dietitians. But she says some really interesting special specialization that's just like a, a far-fetched, yeah, kind of like I how she remember. likes to use the word macromolecules. Yeah. You know, one of those.
2: Yep. Um, and I'll link just for funsies so you guys can watch it, the actual video. Um, Jillian does say off the bat that keto can help you lose weight, that she's seen clients have success with it. And it may have a positive impact on insulin-related health conditions like type 2 diabetes and PCOS.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think very legit and correct. And then I think she goes on to talk about, though, how her plans can lower insulin resistance. Right. Or something like that?
2: Right. That she can help you do all that just by eating less and moving your body more. And to be honest, if it were that simple, she'd be out of a job. And probably we would too. Like we find that weight loss is not a one plus two equation.
1: Yeah. It's that basically what she's saying in a little bit more complexity of terms is calories in, calories Mm -hmm. out, which is unfortunately such a, I believe, anti-science. I just gotten a little... Pre Before I stepped away from uh, Instagram messaging, I got in a little debate with someone who was asking me. I think I, we had done some promo, Becky, on detox. Detox is always where we get those calorie in, calorie out mm-hmm. people. And they're usually in the bodybuilding and um, weightlifting, kind of exercise physiology areas of nutritional science, where they really believe in the body as this machine, this calculator. And, um, you know, of course, his comment on detox was we don't need the body detoxes for you. You don't need a detox program. Don't worry, we'll have a whole episode on that. But I I was saying, you know, actually there are nutrients. Like if you're in liver toxicity, you get an IV drip of N-acetylcysteine or glutathione because it actually upregulates the function of the liver, reducing oxidative stress, reducing liver damage from toxicity and enhances detoxification. So that's just like a point blank biochemical fact and a medical intervention that's well accepted. So you can't then say to me that Skittles, 100 calories in, are the same as a grass-fed steak. And essentially when Jillian's saying that health really isn't that complicated, eat less, move your body more, she's dumbing down nutritional science and saying that it's calories in, calories out. And when you equate calories as information only, then you're really not taking into account the complexities of You know all the biochemical reactions in the body of oxidative stress of the function of antioxidants of how hormones in the body work inflammatory processes and so much more
2: right and ignoring the fact that a lot of people with resistant weight loss have you know metabolisms that are essentially broken and severe insulin resistance and things like that that keto can be really beneficial for
1: Yeah, I mean, not to mention that when we look at her biggest shining star with the biggest loser show, most people tend to regain that weight because of the broken metabolism that hasn't been repaired, nutritionally speaking, or addressed through functional medicine interventions. And so, you know, when we have endocrine disrupting compounds that are liberated from our loss of body fat, which is why we always talk about if losing body fat, you have to detox. Um, which I would love. I I keep bringing up detox just because it's also January. And this Mm -hmm. is the time where we're we're personally embarking on another detox round. And a lot of people are talking about it. And this would be the same kind of concept that Jillian Michaels would be like, there's no such thing. Um, And so I, I think it's really interesting because we see that plateau or weight regain when the body is metabolically and endocrinologically handicapped. And we have to use targeted nutritional support to repair those processes and to fuel the higher demands from broken processes.
2: Totally. Really good point. And I have to say, I haven't watched a lot of other Jillian Michaels stuff. It just seems to pop up every so often with, you know, her demonization of keto and we just have to clap back a little bit. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So one of her main points and honestly, one of... The only point, she kind of keeps reemphasizing the same points. Um, She says that on keto, people are eating a ton of animal protein of no particular quality and a lot of fat. And so that even if you did keto perfectly, it would still be low in fiber and high in animal protein. So let's maybe just start there and talk about protein quality and fiber.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's the big old myth of I don't know what the term doing keto perfectly is because I would of course argue doing keto perfectly is our food as medicine approach Mm -hmm. to keto right (laughs) or what I talk about in the anti-anxiety diet or what we use in our 12-week virtual food as medicine ketosis class which we didn't share with you over announcements but if you're listening to this live launches in like two days you need to grab a spot and the reason why is that We keto differently. And when we look at ketosis, it is a metabolic process, not a yes or no food list. So we're looking at tapping into the ancestral capacity of the body to be a hybrid machine and to not be metabolically handicapped by the industrialized food movement. That's what Becky and I are looking at. I mean, that's how I would sum it up in the easiest way of forms. Yep. It's not that radical. It's not necessarily a quote unquote keto diet, but yeah, you're making ketones. And that's a goal of ours because we both believe inherently that the body was designed to function on both ketones and glucose. And so, Yes, it does take carbohydrate restriction and it takes a level of carbohydrate restriction relative to the individual's insulin resistance. So children are very metabolically active. You know, we talk about how babies are making ketones when they're exclusively breastfed. We talk about how toddlers when they're doing baby-led weaning and eating a whole food paleo diet like my Stella are often producing ketones. And then once we as adults, depending on again, how long we have abused our body with excessive carbohydrates and how little we have supported the musculature in our frame, that's going to depend on how tight we have to carbohydrate restrict and for how long. And then what our goal always is, especially in our 12 week program, is to explore the individual's metabolic flexibility. So how many starchy vegetable grams, how many uh, servings of berries, how many servings of even citrus for vitamin C for their adrenals and their stress rebound how flexible can we get them to get the most biodiversity in their diet, their most phyto compounds, and still produce ketones? And so, in our approach to, again, what I'd call, she can't argue even if you did keto perfectly, it's still low in fiber, because in our approach to keto, which I would argue, I wouldn't say is perfect, but is fantastic and diverse you're getting 20 to 25 plus grams of fiber a day in our phase 1.5. And that's our intermediary from the tight carb restriction to the low glycemic or what we use for carb cycling up. And, um, you know, we empower individuals every day, regardless of even if they're in our tight phase one, to have two to three cups of leafy greens. We ensure that they use nuts and seeds, especially high fiber dense seeds like chia seed, where a tablespoon is about 10 grams of fiber. So adding that to your smoothie with your avocado and your fresh herbs and your quarter cup of blueberries and full-fat coconut milk and scoop of grass-fed whey is a, and maybe turmeric and ginger or some other you know, antioxidant life-extending compounds that are anti-inflammatory, um, you're going to get a lot of food-as-medicine
2: support in the way that we keto. Totally. And then... I liked this. She goes on to say, even if you focus on hormone-free, wild-caught, grass-fed, free-range, she keeps listing things. She names wild-caught twice. Um, And she says, and all the fats were predominantly PUFA and MUFA, even predominantly plant-based, you're still ingesting a diet high in animal protein and saturated fat. And first of all, (laughs) that doesn't make sense because if you were doing plant-based keto, you would not be getting a ton of saturated fat especially if all your fats were PUFAs and MUFAs. Mm -hmm. Um, And you would not be ingesting a ton of animal protein because that is not plant-based. So I'm not even sure like what that was supposed to mean. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And, you know, like we talked about last week in episode 220, when we talked about vegetable seed oils, we talked about how what you think of as saturated fats, like even pure leaf lard is not more than, you know, significantly above 50% saturated fats. There's a lot of monounsaturated fats and similar fats that are found in the, what Jillian Michaels would call healthy fat oleic acid and olive oils in lard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I bet that she has no idea of that. Um, and so I think that that's really interesting. And when we start to focus on unsaturated fats. I'm not sure, I didn't hear her go beyond uh, you know, polyunsaturated, that's what PUFA, polyunsaturated fatty acid or monounsaturated fatty acid for MUFA. Um, I didn't hear much of a breakdown beyond you know, what's superior or what not. And I think that she overall recommends limiting saturated fat. Again, not understanding that that's not the enemy, that that has the lowest risk for oxidative stress and inflammation if it's from a well-sourced base and um, there's so much damage as we went through in last week's episode that I'll remind you of. When you're using vegetable oils, which are polyunsaturated fats, especially those that are more industrialized, especially those that are in higher omega-6 fatty acid profile, um, you know, these can contribute to atherosclerosis or plaque formation, heart disease. We can see ish- issues with oxidative damage and DNA damage from consumption and even breathing in the air where these are cooked. And we can definitely see strong trends to inflammation, insulin resistance, and obesity.
2: Totally. And so all the things she's we're about to unpack in terms of DNA damage and accelerated aging, we can actually see those higher associated with those omega sixes and some of the PUFAs and MUFAs that she's recommending.
1: Right. And what's interesting is when we think of the primary sources we identify of those high omega six fats, we think of corn and soy. And when you don't restrict carbs, I think that those find you significantly more frequently in processed foods than in the lower carb items. Of course, they can still be found in any processed product. But when we liberate carbs, I mean, the corn products and the byproducts can get really high because those are starches often.
2: Totally, and and even in kind of a dirty keto world, those might be a higher percentage of your diet. So that's, you know, again, going back to quality and real food keto first, period.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we even use a, what we do like to do as a jumping pad for our 12 week program is the option of a meal replacement shake, but we do provide recipes to do this from scratch because anytime you're going to be you know, doing a scoop from a tub type product or a packet, often there's going to be sunflower oil, which we talked about is still high omega-6. Or often there's going to be other additives, binders, anti-caking agents, flavor enhancers, non-caloric sweeteners. So we like to use just our non-denatured grass-fed whey. So you're getting the glutathione from that low heat processing. You're actually getting... Uh, immunoglobulins to enhance your immune function, really great for the children during this time of the season, getting them through the end of cold and flu season, and then adding things like what your carb threshold is, healthy fats from nut butters, coconut oil, uh, or coconut milk, or maybe dairy milk if you are doing cow's milk, or almond milk if you're keeping it lower calorie. And then flavor enhancers and antioxidants and leafy greens. And you have a really nourishing thing versus a product, a diet product, if you will, which I'm sure she's happy to stamp her name on, various forms. Probably.
0: (laughs)
2: Um, Okay. And then she basically says, okay, so I wrote a book with a bunch of doctors on anti-aging and that's why I'm credible. And then she starts throwing out... These sciencey buzzwords of epigenome, telomeres, and her favorite macromolecules. Yeah,
1: macromolecules. <laughs> back in the it, it, it made it back. <laughs> uh.
2: Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, speaking to macromolecules, all these are are carbohydrates, lipids, proteins, nucleic acids. They're components of cell structure and, and cell performance. And her argument is that without carbs, you're basically starving the body of this macromolecule that it needs to make up its cells.
1: Yeah. And what's interesting is that, as we discussed in our first rebuttal, you know, the absence of carbohydrates does not mean that the body will be starved of glucose and and so you know that's why we have the ability of gluconeogenesis and that's why we have the ability to make glucose from non-carbohydrate energy substrates and so I think that that's quite a leap. And, um, you know, like her pull quote exactly was, shortening length of life telomeres, replication of cells and expression of DNA, the way your macromolecules function. Like that doesn't, it's just its just doesn't a lot sense. of words. It's just buzz. <laughs> and so, yes, on the macromolecules, again, not concerned about carbohydrates as being essential. It's a non-essential nutrient.
2: Yep. Um, and then she says, Bottom line is that animal protein and high fat diets accelerate the shortening of telomeres, throw off your microbiome and cause damage to our DNA. So I think I want to unpack each of these areas. Um, and maybe we'll save some of this for a YouTube debunk just because I think it could get really deep into telomeres and senescent cells and, um, a lot of the really cool anti-aging science that actually does exist on keto. Um, but let's, let's start with some of the aging stuff.
1: Yeah. I think that we do have to do the little, like, hook uh what is that just called a hook I think I don't know of the video that's coming out because I think that we have to do like the light side of keto I think that's what we should just Mm, call it okay and I I, we have to look into the legalities of if we can actually show her back and forth but either way I think we should really just nerd out on the anti-aging elements and um, use all these oppositional arguments in a in a fun sassy way. But but let's hit on yes. Let's talk about telomeres. I don't think we've really talked much on our podcast total about telomeres. Um, I can't think of anything except for maybe with Ben Lynch very briefly.
2: Maybe with Ben Lynch, or maybe in some of the aging episodes or Alzheimer's episodes, but not maybe. not to any. So,
1: so telomeres bubble. are sections of DNA that are found at the ends of each of our chromosomes. And they basically protect our genetic data. And we have heard of the comparison maybe of a telomere being like the plastic tip on your shoelace. It keeps the end from fraying, and it keeps the other ends from sticking together, which would be essentially a representation of damaged genetic information. So as our cells divide or replicate, the telomeres get shorter over time. And this is associated with accelerating aging, cancer, or shortened lifespan, the the size or length, if you will, of our telomeres. And there's some evidence, which is interesting enough that she's using this as an argument against keto. There's some evidence that actually suggests that a ketogenic diet may help to improve longevity and lifespan. And there is a link behind high consumption of nuts and seeds with elongated telomeres, which was resulting in decreased aging. And we'll put the research reference for that one. So there is a diet influence on telomere. And I think that that's interesting to call it nuts and seeds, because I think even in a quote unquote dirty keto, which we don't recommend, but even in a dirty keto, nuts and seeds are still a staple food, I would say. Totally. Right? Like like package of planters at the grocery store. Of course, those still have cottonseed oil and industrialized oils. We would be a fan of raw organic nuts that you soak and sprout and roast on your own, um, or at least, you know, not having industrialized oils coating them. So dry roasted would be the next best. Um, but soaking and sprouting can really help to reduce some of those anti-nutrients, but the nuts themselves, which are higher consumed, I've consumed probably the most I have, especially in a season where I'm indulging a little bit, like you know, Christmas cookies, Mm -hmm. everything's almond flour based. Um, Or if we're doing like our keto cheddar biscuits, almond flour based. And so the nuts and seeds intake are associated with actually anti-aging effect or elongating the telomeres, protecting our DNA, if you will. And now on the protein side, I'm not sure that it's fair, or I could say point blank. I do not believe that it is fair to demonize protein intake or even the consumption of animal products as shortening telomere length, what we have seen in studies is the high consumption of processed meats having an influence in increasing aging and shortening those telomeres and i think that processed meats continue to be demonized when we look at cancer research uh, when we look at heart disease and a lot of this may have to do with the quality a lot of it may have to do with the additives um you know like like sodium nitrites and other things that are known to be inflammatory and driving oxidative stress
2: yep and to be clear we don't advocate for any of those foods anyway in our keto diet you might do you know uncured bacon or salami that's cured with only natural agents Mm -hmm. um, but you're not going to be doing any quote unquote processed meats
1: yes and so if we're just talking point blank so that's kind of the telomere element and if we're talking about dna damage i mean the entire ketogenic diet coming out of a treatment tool for epilepsy is because it reduces the oxidative stress in the brain. Um, I mean, I think that that's been clinically proven in various mechanisms, in uh, neurological conditions beyond seizures, in anti-aging studies, and so much more. We know that ketosis can reduce high levels of oxidative stress and is anti-inflammatory. So we'll of course happily link the research there. Um, we just see such beautiful antioxidant capacity increasing when ketone bodies are present. Um, and we can even see this as we started to kind of tiptoe on I, I think it got a little tricky when we were trying to talk with Paul Saladino about, you know, the idea of allostatic load and, and what is a stressor to the body. A hormetic stressor is a ketone, a hormetic stressor. Is broccoli or turmeric a hormetic stressor? And that's why the body goes through increased antioxidant production. And it's true. You know, we see that NRF pathway to be actually activated by both cruciferous vegetables and ketone bodies. And both of them have that innate ability to actually reduce the oxidative stress and enhance the body's production of antioxidants. So I think that ketones work in that sense of a way of a hormetic stressor um, to drive that process that not only reduces the oxidative stress in the short term, but enhances the function of the body to maintain higher antioxidant capacity.
2: Sure. And specifically mitochondrial glutathione levels we'll see increased with a ketogenic diet. And that's our, you know, mac daddy antioxidant, if you will.
1: Right. Right. And I think a a big pathway as well, that's worth noting is the the NRF2. Um, which is really big. And um, another one that I just want to call out and then we'll talk baby on autophagy a little bit. And then um, let's talk resolutions maybe. Okay, I think we've gotten nerdy <laughs> nerdy enough for a, a Monday in the new year. Set the tone mellow. Um, so we'll, we'll keep all the sirtuin talk for later. But Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the NAD-dependent enzymes and and how this works with DNA damage in the hippocampus. And remember, this is the part of the brain that's very oxygen-dependent. This is the part that plays a huge role in neurodevelopmental disorders. Uh, And so I talked about this on the podcast Three weeks ago, the last episode with Brady, when I was talking about that neuroscientist in Germany, I cannot think of her name, but check it out—it's on the Devoc episode. And um, I talked about her primary concern is for hippocampal uh, ox- oxygen hypoxia, or lack of oxygen on sensitive levels, interfering with how neurons replicate and how you know if neurons are damaged at young. Ages, like the ages of children that are in mask mandates, how that could be really detrimental to advancing their cognitive decline at early ages or inhibiting their learning processes. Um, so hypocampus is really important part of the brain when we think about oxidative stress and neurodegenerative diseases. And um, you know, NAD plus is a marker of cellular health and a substrate for enzymes that is implicated in longevity and DNA damage repair. So it plays a role in various uh, pathways. So we we look at it relevant to sirtuins, which we'll go into, like I said, in the um, YouTube and also in the PARP1 um, pathways. And so when we're looking at oxidative damage markers, we've seen that a ketogenic diet can actually rapidly modulate the energy metabolism by acting on the NAD plus dependent enzymes and their downstream pathways. So this means that the therapy provided through a healthy ketogenic diet can actually enhance brain health. And increase overall health span via these nad plus related mechanisms and what again that does is it renders cells to be more resilient against dna damage and it provides a lot of neurodevelopmental protection for the body and brain
2: yeah and I'm sure you guys have heard a little bit about NAD plus you know it was called time magazines like anti-aging molecule of the year recently I always think of Ben Lynch yep right he's like the NAD dude yeah but knowing that keto upregulates those pathways and increases NAD and we can even see that it increases them as much as things like exercise and resveratrol and I think that's the big take-home from Jillian's whole video is that she doesn't get into any specific mechanism and honestly i would you know (laughs) i would defy her to even state a mechanism of keto or even you know define i I don't know that she could um Well, what's Quite so wild speak to that.
1: is that what, what we're identifying is when you look at some of what these phyto compounds do. Again, we we could say that yes, those phyto compounds may be stressors to the body. So whether you want to call them an anti nutrient, a stressor to the body, whether you want to call keto bad. how do you define is based on what it does for the body and the end product. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to demonize broccoli and I'm not going to demonize keto. I'm going to say both of them are health supporting. Yes, they might upregulate certain things, but the end product increases antioxidant capacity and reduces oxidative stress. That's a win. Um, and, And I think that unfortunately when people get too myopic or too tunnel vision to make a point, they kind of lose their argument, like you said, Becky, by not unpacking the mechanism of action, because the reason why she's fighting for resveratrol being a health supporting thing or the monounsaturated fat in her olives are similar things that we could easily provide with keto. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's just seeing them as a one food solution versus a mechanism of action that could be accomplished in many
2: different tools or interventions. Totally. Um and then she does get into the microbiome. Do you want to just speak to that a little bit? And then we'll go into our 2020 reflections.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is a common area that the the paleo community has the, the anti-keto backlash or the hit against. And I think that, again, as I addressed early on, we don't think of nutritional ketosis as being you can never have an apple, you know, right. like I very successfully will eat upwards of an entire, whoa, apple with two to three tablespoons of almond butter and, um, you know, tuna salad and some romaine lettuce cups as a lunch. And that's very, and maybe some olives and kind of finish the (laughs) the flavor profile (laughs) and some chopped celery and parsley. But you know, um, you know, that whole deal right there works really beautifully for my metabolic flexibility and I'm still producing ketones. In fact, I have worn a CGM for 14 days that confirms that. So, you know, it's not about, a ketogenic diet does not mean that you're not providing Prebiotic fibers to your microbiome. It doesn't mean that you're having excessive fats, because we have seen in studies that excessive fat consumption, and especially those industrialized, bleached, oxidized, rancid fats, which we, you know, are always speaking against. But even just fat in general, we've seen that influence the the you know metabolic makeup of the microbiome and what bacteria is in stool samples and such. But I think that when we look at keto, we're often reducing fats and supporting individuals to use their own body fat as the primary fuel. We're increasing fiber and phyto compounds and antioxidant diversity. We're providing sulfur containing compounds for detox support, you know, through cruciferous vegetables, through those indole-3-carbinols. Um, I already mentioned the leafy greens earlier on, but all of our alliums, like our onions, shallots, leeks, garlic, and then we're even using plant tannins, which can even fight against pathogenic bacteria. So we're talking about the use of matcha we're talking about the use of various forms of teas and herbs and how you can incorporate those into your fat fast in the morning or, or various approaches throughout the day. Maybe again, kind of souping up your protein shake by adding that turmeric and so forth. So. You know, you're getting enough biodiversity that we've also seen both ingredient-specific food as medicine to enhance microbiome function while not overstressing the fat intake while ensuring ample prebiotic fibers. And we, beyond that, then, help you to assess the status of your microbiome by empowering you to do our probiotic challenge, by teaching you about probiotic-rich food sources, and so much more.
2: Yes. And you know, that kind of speaks to one of her last arguments, which was that you can't eat things like kiwi and pomegranates and purple potatoes. And I think in our debunk um, video, we're going to show some examples of meals that we eat right. that are very antioxidant and polyphenol rich and still fit within the metabolic flexibility that equals keto.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So I think we should totally do a full day of our intake and share all of that because it really sets the light of keto of how abundant, how diverse, how health supporting. And I think the last thing I would say in the world of microbiome that's really important to note, Becky, is our unique take on whole foods in our food as medicine keto approach and our stance against non caloric sweeteners which we really unpacked last week as well as one of the top 3 things that's throwing off your diet but it's so interesting because Jillian is anti keto but yet you know her five top favorite sweeteners in those the last 3 that she lists are swerve which is erythritol and oligosaccharides and natural flavor as well as stevia and then monk fruit. So she's naming these non-caloric sweeteners, which yes are the more natural of the non-caloric, but we've discussed that these actually disrupt the microbiome. They're bacteriostatic, they can cause osmotic flushing or loose stool, which can disrupt the, the microbiome. And they don't fuel as a prebiotic fiber, such as honeywood, like raw-filtered honey, or banana, or dates. So here we are actually using abundance of food as medicine in a keto diet because we use metabolic flexibility and we are flourishing versus sterilizing the microbiome with the way that we eat.
2: Totally. And I think I saw agave on her list, which just tells me that um, she doesn't do her homework because no one's really using that anymore. So yeah, you know. Um, so we'll, we'll save a lot of that, um, for our YouTube debunk. Um, but if you like what you've heard so far, I think now is a good time to tell you guys to run on over, grab your spot for our 12 week virtual ketosis program. So today is Monday, probably by the time you listen to this, it might even be Tuesday. Um, and it starts on Wednesday, January 2nd. Six at noon Central Time. We'll be kicking off our first live program of the year with Allie and myself. I'm really excited to be back on the live schedule. Yes, really excited,
1: especially without me doing all the Instagram live. I'm like I have all this bottled up energy. Oh gosh, Ah,
2: can't wait. (laughs) I'm gonna have to slow your roll a little bit. No, it'll be it'll be so good.
1: And let's talk just some little bit of updates for those of you that have participated in the past and want to re-sign up. um, Still an awesome opportunity. And for those of you that have never tried it, if you've listened to more than four episodes, maybe more than 10 of the Naturally Nourished podcast, and you haven't signed up, you must. This is the best product that we offer as far as comprehensive functional medicine support. And it's really a deep dive in understanding how your body works and how to support its function with food as medicine, targeted nutritional supplements. Members get discounts on in-clinic pricing on our lab tests and they also get discounts on supplements in the Naturally Nourished line and we communicate on slack which is a private chat forum so we have categories on supplements and labs we have categories on fasting and macros we have a category on just a recipe share one on hormones one on uh, digestive function and so much more so becky and i actually directly moderate and support your process through the bi-weekly six classes that are offered over your 12-week program it's an awesome value at only 299 dollars Um, You know, when you apply to become my client and work with me, there's a wait list of four to six months, and an initial consultation is $500. And for many people, once they've done this three-month program, they are rocking and rolling and can cancel that consultation. Um, And so we really think that this is the best way to provide greatest access to all of you with our brains and our passion to help to empower you and your household. So go on over to AlliemillerRD.com backslash ketosis-class. We hope you will grab a spot and join us in this January 2021 launch.
2: Yeah. And if you're missing Ellie on DMs and social media, it's a really good way to stay connected. Um, All right. So let's do a little bit of 2020 recap and then 2021 kind of projections, um, or goal setting. We'll keep it pretty brief. Um, but basically Allie handed us on New Year's Eve, a (laughs) handout that she made. And despite me and Brady probably making fun of her a little bit, it's always good to do some reflection. And actually Brady had some like pretty profound (laughs) reflections as he always does. Yep.
1: Mr. Miller coming in with his, yeah. Yeah. Stoic. Yep.
2: Totally. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll just ask you like five of these questions that, that you had. And then if I have something to share, I'll, I'll share on them. Yeah. Um, So
1: I'll, I'll share the, we can share the questions in our show notes for you guys. So we don't go back and forth. Let's just answer and highlight the ones that are most worth sharing, I guess. Um, so I had things like biggest memory or, uh, excuse me, best memory or experience, uh, funnest time, biggest realization or lesson learned, most grateful for or new appreciation of. Um, So let's just kind of stop maybe with those four. Any big highlights in that world? I mean, I think one sticks out for you easily, Becky. Yeah.
2: Pretty much my answer to everything was Noah. Um, (laughs) Not that giving birth was the best memory or experience, although I, I think I'll probably never forget it. And for those who've listened to our podcast on my birth story, you probably will never forget it either. Um, <laughs> but just meeting him, I think was my like highlight of 2020, just those like first moments bonding with him after he was born and pretty much like every experience with him, you know, from there on out has been the best.
1: Yeah. And I think one of my best memories or experiences was probably Stella's birthday party um her fourth birthday it was princess tea party it was in june so it was like right in the heart of the bad season and i just manifested so much like thought and joy and intention into that day and it all just kind of fell into alignment beautifully it was the first time i had seen my parents in like five months and still had seen you know that part of her grandparents and so it was just a really special, we had a water slide that we borrowed from a friend. We had painting on a mural. I mean, just all the things, um, that was definitely a big highlight of mine. And then the other one would probably be hiking in, in Colorado in the mountains, uh, with Stells and Brady it was another big one in my biggest realization or lesson learned. I think it's a little bit dark to share, but it was honestly in, in 2020, how, Evil exists in the world. Ooh, mm-hmm. That's hard to say aloud, <laughs> but it is. That that was the most like h- humbling, mind altering realization. But here's the beauty of where we're going now. Um, I feel really with strong sense of purpose and direction, and uh, I I don't have fear or anxiety. It's like I, I know the evil that exists and I'm aware that the veil is going to continue to be lifted and that's going to make more potential tumultuous intensity, um, but it's not going to shock me. And I'm kind of like grounded and engaged. I was telling Becky when we were talking on New Year's Eve, like. It's like this year, going into the new year, I feel much less naive.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I am, yep. like
1: grounded and like yep. activated. Whereas last year, I was like, "Do to do, yep. we got all these like events <laughs> coming up, la la la." You know, do, I didn't know. It was you know, pregnant? You know, pregnant. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> right. But all it was.
2: Um, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, kind of making you unmessable with or uneffable with.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really, I I think that that's what the light of that is that that's what's helped me to also um, disconnect more in the ways that weren't serving me spiritually or emotionally or with my family, and connecting deeper in those ways, and you know, really um, uh, solidifying a relationship with God, and a lot of things that were necessary that right now I think are going to be really powerful tools or or launch pads, if you will.
2: So totally. Yeah. I'm I'm remembering back to a conversation we had at the Lake Austin spa. What was that? It was like six or eight weeks postpartum. It feels Mm -hmm. like a really long time ago, but around my birthday,
1: November, early November. Mm -hmm. early
2: November. And, um, you know, we were talking about newfound appreciation for God and, and, you know, recognizing that both of us have always felt, you know, more called to call it nature versus God, but that this season has really brought a lot of things to light for both of us in that realm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. How about a thing you wanted to do, but didn't get to biggest surprise of the year? What do you want to release? Oh, this is where Brady said vibes. <laughs> it was so good. It was. Like, I was like, I want to release anger and frustration mm-hmm. in the bad season. Yeah. <laughs> and the time, ty- you know, my every time I see a child in a mask, oh, that feeling. Um, and Brady was like, I want to release vibes. He like took it as a positive, like, yep. release.
2: Wow. He's just so enlightened. Um, Brady Miller.
1: (laughs) And what do you want to manifest or focus on? And then resolution goals, word or focus for 2021. Um, so the big thing that I didn't get to do that I had really committed to do was working more of like a homestead in my Mm -hmm. yard. I was really, you know, I remember telling you guys last episode on the new year's resolutions that I was going to have chickens by March. That was my plan. And then, then the bad season happened. Um, but i am probably another like big highlight of the end of 2020 was a uh, purchase of land where you know Brady and i plan to move more hill country west texas and that will make that a reality so i feel like now again there's more kind of of a direction and a purposefulness of of it going into this year and kind of an end game and so i'm i'm at peace with not getting to that cuz i feel like we're still on an action path towards that type of a goal we're going to be living on rainwater and have a lot of you know independent living off the land stuff which will be great um and as far as wanting to manifest and focus on my big things for this year again because i know what i need are um, fortitude hope and light Um, i think that if i can maintain fortitude and strength and resilience if i can maintain a sense of hope even when things feel daunting and dark And if I can be the light in all situations and possibilities and shine for my family and my community, that, um, that will be a year lived with great success. So that's, that's my intention.
2: Light was one of my words too, so. I like it. I think it's a good one for 2021.
1: (laughs) I think it is. I think it is. And all in all, I think, I think we're sitting, uh, I'm, I'm sitting really optimistic. So again, like I said, hate, hate to say that whole biggest realization heaviness, but I'm wildly optimistic um, and excited about all that will be coming in the future.
2: Yes. Good, good things.
1: <laughs> yes. So if y'all are uh, loving what we're putting out here, we are so grateful for you in our community. And um, I definitely would say check out this exercise. I'll also link the life inventory mm-hmm. checklist, That's which always is a fun one. thing to do annually, maybe with your partner or a friend or just on your own. Either way, it's a great way to check in on just what you're spending your time and energy doing and manifesting your own autonomy and empowerment. And and that's really what I hope to guide you all through in this new year. So uh, thank you for taking the time and energy to listen to what we put out if you love what we're doing always please take a moment to give us a five-star review on itunes on google play on wherever you're listening uh, be sure to check out Ally miller rd where you can check out our protocols on various areas that's one thing that we decide as a team will be growing which we're super stoked about so by the end of 2021 we're going to have 24 badass protocols that encompass things like a thyroid protocol, a PCOS protocol, uh, constipation, insomnia, all of the things in between. Um, and so we'll be starting to launch those in February. Keep an eye out. And we already have three up there, the immune protocol, which is for cold fluid virus. Then we also have,
2: uh, the bloat be the protocol, bloat protocol yep. of course. And the Bone Broth Fast. And the Bone Broth fast. fast.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you're looking for a jump start and you aren't really ready to take the jump into our three-month Food is Medicine Ketosis class, which I still highly recommend you do, uh, this is probably a good time to check in with our 10-Day Detox as another way to push a reset button and just kind of do that inventory on how you feel in your body when you take time to honor and nourish it. Um, thanks for listening.